Hello and welcome to another fun-packed, happy edition of Open All Eyes, the QPR podcast, which just loves to be happy and spread beautiful things. Tonight, I'm joined by regular and Mr. Happy, Simon Hall. Yes, hello, mate. How are we? All right. I've had time to I've had time to reflect on on Sunday's performance. So hopefully, I can be a bit more constructive than I might have done if we'd have done the pod straight after. I might make your WhatsApp message public after the podcast, Simon. People can judge that for themselves. What sort of mood you're in? It wasn't good. Um, Steve Bernard is back. Hello, Steve. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, Paul. Um, now, listen, one thing we haven't done when you've been on the podcast is give out your Twitter handle. So what is your actual Twitter handle where people can find you? So um, the Twitter account is QPR Analytics, um, but it goes, it, it's at Analytics QPR in that funny way that the Twitter does. It just reverses everything. Mm. Um, sorry, X. Uh, so uh, yeah, at Analytics QPR. It's fine. I mean, it's only because people have asked me the last time and I can remember. <laughs> and to be fair, like, I'm going to be able to spell that. Do you know what I'm saying? Nothing. And back for his second visit and second time in the pod is Stanley Thomas, another resident of Barnet. How are you? Good, thank you. You keeping well? Yeah. Good, man. Right. I suppose it'd be rude not to start with Simon because I think, it, well, yeah, I'm going to start with Simon. So three, two, one, Simon, off you go. Well, I mean, there were, there were three positives you could take out of the Huddersfield game. Firstly, we didn't lose it. Secondly, Aaron Drew, when he came on, didn't get overwhelmed. And yes, whilst he was attacked a lot, he did. I thought he did okay in the circumstances. And thirdly, in 12 degree heat, I managed to get a free scarf. Um, apart from that, apart from that, um, that's the third opportunity we've had to try and get out of the bottom three, and it's the third opportunity we've come up short. Um, the really disappointing thing was you could actually feel in the crowd beforehand and in that 10-minute build-up, there was there was quite a positive feel behind it. And as much as I take the mick about the scarf, I think a gesture like that is something that we've been waiting for and is quite long overdue. And if that's and I suspect that's come from the new CEO, and and that wasn't a bad idea. We were, yeah, for a one thirty kickoff, I think people were ready to were ready to go, and people were ready to really get behind them. And then, unfortunately, um, in the same way as QPR have done for the last two years, um, they they've come up short. And I think let's be under no illusions about it. We were we were lucky to get away with a point. Um, same team, I can understand that, and it's pretty much it's pretty much the the best side Sequentes could put out. First half, I can't remember us doing anything. I think there was about one cross where someone didn't get on the end of it, and second half we didn't do anything until until Huddersfield ended up scoring. And to be honest, where I was, Huddersfield were the best were the better side for most of it. I mean, Jack Redoni, their number eight um, player we could have, could well have gone for about two, two and a half years ago, by far and away, the best player on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I suppose, as I say, we kept at it. We didn't lose whilst playing badly, but in the circumstances, it still cements that notion that, yeah, this side, this side I think is going to really struggle to stay up. No, you have come down. Yeah, you've got to be constructive about it, which, as I thought, there was no way I was going to be about 30 minutes after the game on Sunday. Steve, what's your thoughts on it? Um, well, I mean, so firstly, I totally agree with Simon about the positives. Um, decent atmosphere in the stadium. I completely agree about the scarves. I thought, I think that kind of stuff, as we've said, is long overdue. And, um, having that kind of visible presence in the local area, you know, after the match um, was really, uh, really nice to see. Um, and the goal is significant that we score. We're, we're really bad. We're the worst team in the league for, um, 
not picking up any points after we go behind in a game. So actually, I mean, obviously the goal is significant in of itself, but it's um, it, it does say something in terms of the, the character of the team responding to going behind in a, in a crunch game that was important. Um, I think it's a failure of mental preparation for the players. It's a really bad performance, just statistically uh, the worst passing accuracy we've had under Sifuentes since he came in. Um, backwards steps in a lot of the statistics. You know, I've been quite encouraged over the last few weeks, actually. The underlying numbers have been trending in a in a pretty positive direction for us, especially defensively. But it was our second highest set-piece expected goals against figure, 1.49, which is which is just for context, that's huge uh, for a, for a set piece metric. Um, partially a function of the fact that they had so many uh, dead ball opportunities uh, in our in our in our defensive third, <clears throat> but uh, but really it was chaotic defending. I thought I, I don't think we approached those set pieces very well at all. We relied on Begovic a lot to uh, to deal with those. Um, for reference. Only, only in the game against Cardiff away had we conceded more corners, and that set set piece xga was only about 0.4. So that tells you something about not just the quality of delivery that Huddersfield have, mainly through someone like Sorba Thomas, but just really, like I say, chaotic defending in an area that we've started to improve in. Um, so yeah, just just really poor performance um, statistically. You know it just from being there. It was a poor performance with the eye test, and yeah, that's really disappointing. Given that we've um, we have improved the metrics over the last few weeks, um, it's also a failure of tactics from the manager. And I and I hate this sort of kind of binary approach we have to praising managers. It's um, you can be critical of the manager and still think that the manager is one of the best things to happen to the football club, and that she he should be here for for the long term. Um, but we were totally overrun in midfield. Callback and field were um, overloaded. It became a game um, played on the flanks. The Reggie Cannon injury is really significant because we're bringing on a player who hasn't, who's made less than ten professional appearances in his in his career, and he's nearly twenty three. Um, and going up against Silver Thomas, I was nervous <laughs> when he was coming on, but he he did okay. To be fair to him. Um, but it just, just tactically, it didn't work. The changes were the right ones. They came a bit too late. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think a failure of sort of mental kind of application from the players, but also a failure of tactical approach from the manager and just overall just really, really disappointing setback. But yeah, that's my take. I'll tell you what, I'm glad you didn't WhatsApp me like Simon did. There have been some message. Stanley, what was your take of the game? I think it's one of the worst home performances I've seen this season. Uh, you know, there was, um, I think, 59 throws during the game. So that's like one throw every 90 seconds, which is just unacceptable. I think the ball was constantly out of play. Also, um, I think Smith has got to come on earlier or just start him. He's the most dangerous player. And he just doesn't get enough game time, I think. Every time he comes on, he causes so many problems. And... Um, I weren't happy. I, I'm just not happy in general with how the defence is. Um, you know, you've got players like, uh, what's he called? Cook and Dunn and Clark Sorter and Fox passing it around the back and putting put themselves under pressure that they don't need. I, I can't stand watching it. I think the best thing to do is just get it up there, especially with this new striker and Armstrong. I think that's what we need to do now. Get it up there, stop losing it at the back. And I think we'll be better like that. Puzzle. There's just a couple of things that puzzled me on Sunday. Um, first of all, the free scarves. I think that's brilliant. I think we've said in the podcast time and time again, the, the club's not really exploring our identity in the area. That was good. And giving something back to the fans, the, the quid for Rollham's good. And more the same. You know, It doesn't have to be gimmicks. It can be just things that makes a day less expensive for families and people going. That's that's pretty much a given. Um I just, I don't know. Willock, again, I'm going to frustrate the life out of me. Um, there's talk of him going to Sunderland, obviously because of Bale. I'm not sure he'd be missed. Real shame it's going to end like this, I suppose. But again, you know, he's looking at his, his hamstring, almost wishing he had an injury, which is frustrating the life out of me. I agree with Stanley on Smith. 
I think the only person who ran faster than Smith was the referee back to the centre circle every every freaking goal kick. That is the most ridiculous, stupid, arse-wipe thing I've ever seen in a football match in my life. And I watched the Irish League for 15 years, and there are some absolute lunatics in that frigging league that referee games. But he was... I think he was actually off his freaking rocker. I've never done it. It was like there's a video of a Spanish referee many years ago that was doing the internet, and it reminded me of him, something rotten. And I just thought, he obviously knows this guy cameras here, and he thinks he's Lynn for Christie. I couldn't work that one out. That baffled me. And then I thought, we, you know, when we scored, we could have won the match, and you shouldn't have to go behind to wake up. That This seems to be the thing with Rangers. You know, losing Cannon was massive. Drew did well, but, you know, he's like, like you, Steve. It's like... It's probably three he's played ten times. I mean, and people going, Oh, the Academy's done this, the Academy's done that. And you're looking at it going like they were hiding players. And yeah, and it, but he, he wasn't too bad and it, it, he he didn't do any harm, I suppose. But Huddersfield were poor. I mean, my mate's a Huddersfield fan and he he's convinced we're both gonna go down. Um he's like you know, like me, he thinks Wednesday are gonna get out of it. Um maybe we'll drag Birmingham and Stoke into it. Our only hope is it. And this is the worst thing that QPR will be doing for years, is hoping there's three worse teams than us. You can't keep doing that. And this could be the season, which is ironic because the league this year is shite. It's one of the worst championships I've ever seen. Anyone can beat it, apart from Leicester. Um, and Hull, he, he did play quite good football, actually. I don't know if he beat them. Most of the teams are beatable. Let's be honest about it. You know, And the most frustrating thing is, I think we put so much pressure on these home games that we overloaded it. We, we just totally overloaded it. And that saddened me. It's like, right, doesn't matter what we do in October, November. We've got January. Don't worry, guys. We've got January. January's the one. January's the one. And we've really fucked it up. Um, there's another way of putting it. And I'm just frustrated at that. I'm also frustrated at Begovic. I mean, he's done some good things. But late in the game, he's arsing around with the ball when it should be getting the downhill end of the pitch, trying to get a, a, that winner we probably didn't deserve. We probably didn't deserve an equaliser, but that's your take whatever again. But he's just arsing around with the ball again. I'm like, just get the ball down there. It's like, you know, we get it midfield and we turn around, we go back to the keeper and then we arse around with it. Then we give it away. We put ourselves under pressure. Stanley's right. It's a championship. It's not flipping the league or the, the you know, I don't know. It's just, just, I am frustrated and I'm, Simon, am I wrong to be incredibly worried and feel that maybe, maybe these home games were our chance to really pull away and we maybe just haven't done it? And if we can't do that, then how are we going to win the next four games or whatever it is to, to, to get us out of this? We have to win, what, four or five games? No, I, no, I agree with you. And I think with the exception of the Millwall game, yeah, four, four winnable games and to do what we've done with it, I think that is going to be big issue. I just want to go back to this notion, though, about we need to get the ball up sooner. Um, under Ainsworth, we were doing that and it didn't it, it didn't work under Ainsworth. And I think what Sequences has tried to do in recent games is try to mix and match it a little bit more. And I actually thought we went a little bit more direct on, on Sunday than we might have done in previous games, particularly with Armstrong up top and particularly with um, Armstrong up against Hellick. When Hellick got that yellow card, I was thinking, yeah, yellow card, 15 minutes Armstrong, that could well be fill your boots time. So I do think so. I do think there was a bit more in the way of direct direct play, but there has to be, there has to be a happy medium between the two. And I think it goes back to a point that we made about this side and goes back to your point of, I don't think it matters and why we're worried. And as I say, the last two years, we played 3-5-2, we played 4-2-3-1, we played 4-3-3, we played 4-4-2. We've played knocking it about at the back. We've played going direct up top and hitting channels. And at the end of the day, we've won, what, 10 out of 62 games. It's a situation mm. where it doesn't matter who the manager is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we do, how we play. We're not... We're not winning games, so yeah, we've not we're not winning games, and it is, and it is a real concern. And as I say, it's two years, it's two years of this, and to try and get that changed within within two years is is an incredibly difficult thing. And from my point of view, I, I agree with you two. To be honest, if the only happy people I'd be watching that game on Sunday would be if I was a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Because they've they've picked up quite significantly under Roll. 
Home form has picked up quite quite considerably as well. Um, they're going to be quite happy out of that. To be fair, Huddersfield have made some signings to try and get themselves out of it. Gone for sacking Darren Moore. Be interesting to see how that goes. Um, yeah, I just think I just think still it's going to be incredibly tricky because basically we're relying on playing these eleven players. We find out Field's going to be suspended for Saturday. Don't know how long Cannon's out for. We know the squad depth's very thin, and if the squad depth's very thin, um, when we have these games where Field's going to be suspended. Can well imagine Colback will get himself booked on Saturday, so we'll be out for Norwich, so we won't have a midfield. What do we yeah, what do we do? It's real problems, there's real issues there. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, we'll take it back. You're still miserable. Um, and I don't blame you. I think that the midfield is a worry to some, and you're quite right. I mean, Colback. I don't know. Is it yeah, because the pressure will be on him not to get booked, he'll probably go. Do something really dumb. I don't know. It's it's a worry, but I don't know. Steve, how do we get out of this? In other words, I'm going to ask you a different way. Oh, what is the hope? That's a great word. I know we use it every freaking week, but you know the idea. Um, well, it's, it's, it's very difficult. I, I think you made a really good point earlier on, actually, with the, the amount of pressure we've put on these games at home. I think we last time I was on here, it was just before the Watford game. And we were talking about how important the games were, and, and they obviously are. Um, but we have put ourselves under a lot of pressure with these particular fixtures, and we, we should have probably priced in that we weren't going to do too well in them. Um, where do we look for hope? Well, okay, so, okay, bigger squad, slightly, last season, but when we were getting pumped by Blackpool and losing to Rotherham and losing to Wigan, if someone had told you, well, we're going to go to Burnley and Stoke and win, and that's going to keep us up, you'd have thought they were having a laugh. And mm. so there's always that. I mean, it comes back to that point um, that's been made already about the championship isn't that good, really, outside the kind of elite end of it at the top. Um, it's not actually particularly consistent. Um, so there's always going to be opportunities to kind of get points where you least expect them. Now, I'm not expecting us to go and beat Leicester. Certainly not. But, you know, you, you start to look at some of the fixtures and what we sort of uh, not not quite banked on, obviously. But one of the things that helped us last season was the fact that you, know, you get towards the end of the season and there are teams that start to kind of, you know, switch off a little bit. I think that was definitely true of Stoke last season when we played them. Um, so, you know, there's always that kind of thing that you, you know, they're, they're funny games, those ones towards the end of the season. It really is down to who is motivated the most. I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't looked at the fixtures for a little while, so I, I couldn't tell you who we're playing at the end. Maybe it's a terrible fixture list, I don't know. But um, yeah. I know we've got Coventry on the last day, which doesn't particularly. Last some games, Leeds. If, if yeah, I can that, jump that. in on that, I think the last four games of the season are all away. And even if you go before that, the last five games are Plymouth away, Hull away. Um, I think Sheffield Wednesday at home, Leeds at home, Coventry away. So basically, I think it, yeah, sorry about that. Just to yeah. <laughs> okay, just, just scratch about, everything I've just said. Yeah, then. about as tough as it could be. Yeah, okay, so scratch everything I just said. Well, I mean, <laughs> like I said before, look, I know... I know people get funny about underlying performance metrics and all that, but they have been trending better under Cifuentes. He, he has made a positive difference by and large. Um, we can only hope that we go to certain game, go into certain games where we're not expecting a lot and, and get something. Um, but I think, as Simon said, the squad depth is an absolute killer. We've been talking about it all season. Um, it's, it's incredible. It, it's actually incredible that we've gone into this season with this um, type of squad, regardless of all the financial issues. It really does um, speak to all of the yeah, missteps that were made over the last couple of years. Um, uh, that, that's that's um, that's a massive, massive issue for us. But uh, I don't know. I, all I can say is that the the we've got a good manager and we've seen performances before where we've got results where we wouldn't have expected them. So just keep the faith. I think you made a good point there, but the, the as you're saying that, I'm just like, oh yeah, Charlie Kelman triggered all his one year extension. Um, 
that was obviously something that we didn't expect to happen. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Anyway, maybe you'll, maybe you'll come good after all. But yeah, it just shows you how the, the the contracts were done were just ridiculous, in my opinion. But there you go, Stanley. And the same question, if you can remember it. What was it? I uh, didn't think it would. That's no reflection in you, Steve or Simon. Um, where is the hope? Where is the hope? You're young. Yeah, no, yeah. And no, I was gonna say, uh, we have to. I think if Huddersfield keep going now, they're going. You know, I think we've got no chance. Absolutely no chance. If and also, what happens if if Colback uh, gets sent off or Phil gets suspended? Who, who would we actually put there? You know, you have to have you have to have two people in the holding midfield. Who would you put there? Well, they played Albert in the under twenty threes, didn't they? So I presume they maybe look at that, that as a right back option, or maybe let's move him, move someone else in the middle, and move him out wide. I don't know. Obviously, getting the match fit. Um, other than that, yeah, he's, he's not played there before for us, has he? No, no. Uh, Dixon Bonner. Um, they could bring Willick in, play him more central, but you might as well play me. Um, Willick should never be playing for us again. I don't think. No. Oh, after after way you treat Ainsworth, it doesn't bring nothing anyway. It doesn't bring nothing. Uh, we could we could see if we could find Richards. Um, that yeah, to see, you know, put out like an SOS. Um, no, I mean, listen, if cool, that, that's Steve said it much better than I could. Um, Stan, it is criminal to, that we went in with so little many midfielders and so little strikers as options for the start of the season. We've signed the big lad. Uh, maybe we'll stick Dykes in midfield. What would you do? I don't know. I'm scratching here, Stanley. We should never have sold Chris Martin in the first place. That's what I think it comes down to. Okay. The main problem for me. He was a big strike we've had in years, I think. He, he scored 11 goals this season in League One. Exactly, yeah. Every time I look at the Bristol Rovers result, he's always scored. Yeah, it, it, we're sort of back. The, the other wild card, of course, Paul, to your question is um, the the Swiss guy that we've signed that hasn't played a game for about <laughs> six months. <laughs> uh, but no, you, well, you know, you never know, do you? I mean, you got, I saw you that. Find the positives where you can. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got. I mean, look, I, I'm not. I'm not ready to write us off just yet. Look, I told you right at the start of the season, my baseline was relegation for the team, but. Um, that doesn't mean it's inevitable, and um, you just gotta, you just gotta believe, haven't you? What do we? What do we? All right. What do we know, know about the new guy? Anyone? Anyone done any research on him? Anyone going to give me some good facts? Simon, you raised your hand like you're back at yes, school. Um, yeah, falling out, um, falling out of Royal Antwerp with Mark Van Bommel, which for people of a certain age, you'll understand that's not a particularly difficult thing to do. Hence the reason why he's not played for. Hence the reason why he's not played for six months. Um, had a loan spell at Schalke, but unfortunately Schalke are no longer the sort of like German giants that they were a few years ago and are languishing pretty badly in Bundesliga Bundesliga 2. Um, looking at his stats, he's a one-goal in three-game, he's a one-for-three-game striker, which obviously compared to everyone else is, 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 a, is a massive difference. But... I think the obvious concerns are going to be, as you rightly say, he's not played for he's not played for about um, six months. So getting him up to speed, like we're finding out with Reggie Cannon, is is easier said than done. Um, yeah, the Belgian leagues not too bad, but again, getting him getting him adapted to that's going to be going to be a little bit of a challenge. And I think the third concerning thing was if you watched the um, Sky game at. Uh, on Sky, they showed a picture of him and his wife almost looking at him going, what on earth have you got me into here? So that's going to be, so that's going to be, that's going to be an interesting one. But look, ultimately, I think Steve's right. All, yeah, we're at the, we are at the belief stage. I don't think, I think logically and rationally, I don't think there is many ways of doing it, but you've just got to hope that the players believe that they can do it. Do you, do you know anything about the new guy, Stanley? Have you read any stats, done any research? Oh, I don't know. He, all I've seen is he's been at loads of clubs since he started his career, which I think he'll just clear with us for one or two and be an average striker and leave again. I don't think he'll be nothing special. But, oh, okay. uh, you know, having Smith and Armstrong out on the wings could be quite good, getting balls in the boxes for him. But, you know, because Dy- Dykes can't score no headers. So I think 
Well, I mean, they end up almost crossing for themselves, don't they? They're picking the balls up and they kind of cross them in there. But I mean, I, I, I looked at his record and like, it is one in three, but they also, the other thing we're getting is how long it takes to adapt from the Belgium League to the Championship. I suppose the German League is similar in its physicality and so forth, so that shouldn't be a problem. But it's fitness. I thought that was a wind-up, and then I was like, oh, no. You know, you look at Cannon, Cannon's still off the pace. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, who knows? Who, who knows what can happen? I just... Belief is one thing. Hope is another thing. And... Isn't I, I was thinking about this today, and this is a terrible thing to admit. Um, I hate doing this. Of course, the last time we dropped into the old third division, Huddersfield went down with us, didn't they? And you know, so you kind of look at it and thinking, well, is history going to repeat itself? And looking at both teams on Sunday, yeah, if, if they get, I think they have to hit it bottom as the new manager. Um, if they get someone like that, if they get Alex Scott, we should be Alex Scott. Alex Scott. If they get, if they get, um, uh, your man, was it Alex? It's not Alex. What's your man called? It was a Sunderland manager. Alex, Alex Neil. Neil. Alex Neil, that was it. So just, mental block again, listeners. Mental block. It happens with a brain like mine. If they get him, I'm not too worried. Hickenbottom would worry me because he would actually get stuff out of their players. And that, 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 yeah. Um, and do as we, we said, by, when, the, by, by the way, do we also know how long Frey's contract is? So I've not actually seen it lit, lit, written anywhere. Um, how long he's meant to be here for? No, I didn't see it. I, two years is springing in my head for some reason, but I might just—I probably just made that up. Um, all he's heard is all he's heard is it's on a permanent weave. Yeah, but you've got absolutely no idea about how long how long a permanent is. I mean, for all we know, it could be a something like it could be a six-month almost try before you buy. That that's what I suspect. Yeah, I mean that that that's exactly what I think it well might be, but um, it's just a bit weird that they wouldn't detail that. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's, it's pointless in worrying about it. We're, you know, beggars can't be choosers. It is what it is, right? So um, he's a body. You know, we've just lost a body in Dazelle, and he's the replacement. Um, so yeah, who knows? Yeah. As long as it's alone, without an obligation to buy. We'll be all right. Yeah. Has that ever has that ever gone wrong then, Simon? Not that I'm aware of, no. <laughs> Just looking for a missing midfielder in Westfield on a Saturday that might answer your question, I suppose. There we go again. <laughs> Mentioning Richards. I mean, Stanley, you're young. You've seen the playoff final. You've seen promotion. <laughs> Give me some hope. Give me some stats. Give me some wonderful news that we're just two, three miserable middle-aged men. I just can't imagine what relegation would be like. No, I, just can't, I just can't imagine it. So, you know, Sheffield Wednesday are drawing right now half-time with Watford, so they'll probably get a late goal and win that. Puts us... Puts them equal on points of us. And it, do you say Heckebottom's their manager now? Going to get No, no, no. They're talking about Heckebottom and they're talking about Alex Neil and um, they're talking about... Um, there's something else I saw. Oh yeah, uh, Pearson. Well, they're all Which good managers. Is... Then they're all, they're all decent managers. Well, Pearson, all better than what we've got. I'd say. Oh. I don't know. I think I don't think we can tell by Sofentes until he gets his own players. I mean, yeah, but his substitution is just so poor. It's just. But then he's got hasn't got. You, you could argue the, the the subs to come on aren't there, so he's just throwing bodies well, at yeah, it. No, but what he done at Sheffield, uh, bought off Dazelle with in the 85th minute or something, brought on Cook. Invited the pressure, we lost two one. That was never going to work. Anyway, everyone could see that. I mean, just... I, have to say, I don't know what he's. I have to say, I don't know what he's meant to do. To be honest, and it goes back to well, no, the whole idea of what depth. In an ideal world, yes, we would do that. And you could actually argue there's a few games where his substitutions have made a difference, like the Stoke City one where he brings Larkesh in. The fact that for the Millwall game. Um, he could make that tactical adjustment to bring Dykes in midfield, even though it didn't work. Even though it didn't work on the um twenty set on the um twenty seventh against. Think he has done a few things. He has done a few things which have been have been positive. And I take Steve's point that we can also be critical as well, and he's learning. But I think at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, there isn't going to be many managers in the world who are going to get the sort of get get this squad performing much better. To be honest, at the, at the end of the day, it's it's a bad squad of players, and I don't think it matters what little tactical manoeuvre substitution you make. I think we just need to accept this squad is very very weak. Do you, do, do you think it's a case of the um? We've changed managers. Coaches are going to say that, um, you know, we, we get a new goalkeeping coach because Ward's hurt himself and gone away for a little while. Um, so, are the players being right? Is the thing of not being pointed at the players enough? Because they seem to, didn't work for Critchley. They wouldn't play for Ainsworth. And Sofentes is, it's hard for him, isn't it? He's coming to a different league, a different country, trying to feel his way around with a squad that would probably make you pull your hair out, if I had any. So, I'll ask that to Steve again. Does that make... It's not... We can't really blame him, can we? I know what you're saying about... It, but we, we we can ask questions about the subs, but blaming him, I don't know. I know you're not doing that, Stanley, by the way. No, I'm just saying. No, I mean, look, we've, we've clearly improved. So, I mean, you, you don't need to look at the stats to do that. You can just watch the games. have clearly improved from um, the previous manager. Now, the question is... Ainsworth set, you know, was the bar that Ainsworth set so low that almost anyone could have come in and actually um, performed better with the squad? I don't know. I, I, th- I think that's a fair comment. Um, but clearly he has, you know, made, as Simon says, a, a pretty poor squad, a really shallow squad. He, he's made that team better. And we do have, we still do have hope of staying up. Um, I think what you're going to find is, is this, this is, um, if we if we don't if we perform poorly over the next few weeks, I think people there will be a little undercurrent of oh, could we have gone for somebody a bit more experienced at this level? You, I mean, Kevin Gallon was tweeting something like that um, over the weekend after the game, um, which I thought was a bit unfair the way he kind of you know made that comment quite pointedly about the CEO being young and Sifuentes being inexperienced. But I do think that kind of undercurrent will sort of um, come through a little bit. Um, bottom line is, if Wentz is going to be under a lot of pressure next season, if we're in League One, uh, he's going to be under a lot of pressure to um, to bring us back up, rightly or wrongly. Um, and I think I think we can only really appraise him, like you said, after a period of time, after we've had a transfer window, after the the um, squad can have some uh, uh, maintenance done to it. Um, I think judge him in 12 months, 12 to 18 months rather than now. Um, like Simon says, I don't think anyone else really could have done that much better with the squad. Ultimately, we'll never know. But, um, yeah. What do you think, Stanley? Are you happy with that? Or would you would you um, switch? Yeah, no, it's for, yeah. You can't do much with this squad. I think after COVID, um, it was completely the team was completely fresh, apart from one or two players like I can't remember like Barbe or something like that. He'd been there before, but the rest of them were completely new. I didn't know any of them when I came back because I didn't watch during COVID. I couldn't be, wasn't interested. But and I think every, all the players have dropped off into it individually, and they they've not been replaced um, by someone with equal standards. And I think it's just got. Worse over time. We need to reset the squad now. I think next uh, transfer window. And there, and there we go again, Simon, isn't it? Reset. If and don't press the magic button, you either get a Dilma coming on or a massive reset, and that's all we're doing, isn't it? Just throwing bodies at it. Massive reset again. Everyone's out of contract. Get rid of them. Bring a whole new squad in and start again. But starting League One for me, I don't know what you think. I just think that's going to be hellish. Look, Simon. it's a it's a big risk. It's going to be a big risk. It's going to be a big risk. Whatever. I think the big question you've got to ask is that yes, we're going to be having a big clear out of a good 13, 14 players at least in the um, summer window. No matter what league we're in, it's mm-hmm. a case of do we have the structures within the club, which means that we have a coherent policy towards um who we're going to sign. Now I know that Nori mentioned that in his um interview when he became chief exec that he wanted to form this sort of QPR way and mentioned that there was concern about how it could jump from one thing to another and what's going to be interesting in the summer is whether he actually backs up those words with with actions and 
who is going to be doing it? Is it going to be sequences? Is it going to be the recruitment squad? I mean, potentially there's a big question about Andy Belt also, given the fact that Norway does have the experience in in data in football. No one know no one knows until the summer. But the big thing that I'd want to see is that unlike what it's been for the last few years where it's out too many cooks, it needs to be structured to ensure that we give ourselves the best chance whatever division we're in. But I would say all we've done in the last few years is just throw bodies at it and try and get the best players available at the at the time and not necessarily I mean I mentioned earlier on today actually with someone I've got to touch on was it's with Rangers it's always sliding door moments isn't it I mean we we knew Bill was leaving and we knew it was available we didn't you know jump that situation quite and then obviously Ed just went to Luton they're still they're going to probably stay up actually and really ruin my year um, and you just it's always sliding door moments you know you, you look at Exeter you look at Watkins and we got Wheeling Wheeler, you know what I mean? It's Wheeler, sorry, not Wheeling. That was Ronnie Wheeler played for Flipper Liverpool, I think. Um, you kind of think to yourself, it's just, it's either incredibly bad luck or we're just looking in the wrong places. Does that make sense, Simon, or am I just being stupid? Again, you can say that about, you can say that about a lot of clubs, to be honest, that there's, mm. that there's several sliding door moments. I mean, you can look at 21, you can look at 2021, 2022, making the decisions we did. Particularly in January during the um, during the transfer window when we were about third, did that cause anything? Um, obviously, we can look at the Mick, the Mick Beard appointment as a sliding doors one, but Rob Edwards took over at Luton before Beal went, so there was no way we could get him. Sequences, yes, we we'd gone for, but the compensation for Hammerby would have been a lot more. Now in hindsight, we'd have been better yeah, off Look, we must have built sometimes there's things which I think in hindsight look bad, but I think almost at the time you could almost see the logic, like you could see the logic behind Bill, you could see the logic about why he brought Quitchley in. The one where you couldn't necessarily see the logic and you'd hope it worked because of the it was a demotivated squad of players was Ainsworth. That's the one where that's the one where we seem to go a bit off kilter and that's the one not his fault, but it's that's the one which has probably killed us the most. So just just to go back to that, I think every, I think everyone in football and his dog knew Bill was leaving. I know what you're saying; he didn't officially leave, but he was the, the club must have known he was toting himself to all and sundry, uh, despite what he was saying because he was linked with everyone. Um, so yeah, it's a fair point, but oh, I don't know. I just I just you just get fed up with it, don't you? You kind of think like. We, we just either, as I say, unlucky these things go wrong. And we, the recruitments, Steve, I think over the last four years has been shocking, really. Well, yeah, absolutely. But just, just quickly going back to the Rob Edwards thing, there's no guarantee, I'm telling you, well, it's just my sense, there's no guarantee that if Rob Edwards had come in to uh, replace Beale, that he would have got us promoted or anything like that. No, I totally he agree. Had a, he, he had a, I mean, I mean, just remember, he had a, bad experience at Watford, which is another, you know, fairly dysfunctional club. And um and they and they and they binned him off pretty quickly. Um Critchley was absolutely mm. the logical choice. Well one of the logical choices. Nothing wrong with that appointment. I thought personally I thought it was a decent appointment, but you know, work you know made sense in theory, didn't make sense in practice, you know, fine. Um yeah, going back to the recruitment, yeah, I mean, no, we've said it a lot, haven't we? It's um, it's just not been good enough. Uh, I said to you last time I was on here about how how few players we've we've brought in for money who've ended up being sold on. Um, I mean, the only significant significant sale is Eze. Um, that's a sort of different. That was a sort of different type of transfer. Um, yeah, it wasn't a conventional. We're going to spend millions of pounds on players. You know, goes back years. Connor Washington, Silla, uh, who else? Uh, Luongo. You know, th- these players came in for decent money. And, Macaulay, um, Bond. Macaulay, yeah, Macaulay Bond, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dicky, uh, Dykes. I mean, <laughs> could anyone put value on Lyndon Dykes at the moment? Uh, well, we're just going to have to pray he has a. a storming euros as ever um but uh no it's it's, it's just not worked out has it why well i guess we'll find out in the fullness of time i'm sure the new ceo is um that's an area that they're 
focusing on acutely but um yeah it's just it, it, it's just not it's just not been good enough and for a club like us where you know we have to be in this division where you have to be selling players to get anywhere in this division you know whether it's Bristol City or Middlesbrough or Sunderland or Birmingham or whatever you have to you know if you're not one of these parachute teams um normally you're going to usually you're going to have to um be monetizing players i mean and just on bristol city for example you know they they've made some howlers in terms of their recruitment but they can cover it because they have a very productive academy which is the other side of the equation you know we don't have either we're not we're not particularly strong at recruitment and we don't have a particularly productive academy so it's a pretty bad um cocktail in the, in this division I think I think it came out didn't we talked about it last time. It's like we we, we were what, three million down or something on on transfers or or made three million. Or, yeah, that's a, it. Was three million? It was a three million net profit. And by yeah, that, that's calculated purely on looking at who, yeah, money paid versus money sold for. Um, and it and it's and it's all the essay. Yeah, Luke Freeman a bit. Um, and is that included on disclosed fees though as well, Steve? Sorry, uh, yeah, there are some undisclosed fees. It's it was a it was a bit of a back of pack packet. Sorry, back of fag packet um, uh, calculation. But um, you, you yeah, I mean, you know roughly what they're kind of going for anyway. If you look at their market values, um, so uh, and even just even disregarding the undisclosed fees, um, it's it's not been a it's not been a pretty story in terms of monetizing players at all. No, I think we've. I think we've all accepted we've massively failed. If you look at money, I mean, if we should be, we should be making millions from the academy and players being brought and sold, as that's what they said they're going to do. Not that we think that. That's what they said they were brought in to do, and they didn't do it. And that's why I suppose they're not there anymore. What are you got anything to add to that, Stanley? What do you think, manager wise or recruitment or? I was, I was going to go back to what you saying about um, Critchley being a logical appointment. I don't. I want to know what why why people think that because um, you know you've got a manager like Bill who's got these players around him, and they all want to play for him. As soon as they as soon as he goes, they're not interested really. So, wouldn't it be a better decision to get someone more similar and young and you know opposite? I think the argument I think the argument on that stand is that uh, had done a very good job at um, Blackpool. He was from the same sort of youth setup at Liverpool as what Beal was. He did a very good job getting Blackpool promoted. Um, did very well in the first season in the Championship. Got them a good, solid, good, solid position. And he was quite highly regarded as a coach. We were looking at him at the same time as we were Beal. So yeah. it was a logical... So for me, it was quite a logical step. He tried the assistant manager at Villa Park, um, failed at that, along with, along with Gerrard. So... He he was cut from the same sort of cloth as Bill. He may not look as old as 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 young as Bill, but they are both similar ages. So I think the logic behind that youth set up, knowing Premier League academies, um, that's the reason why I probably say it was a logical choice. Steve. Yeah, yeah I mean just to just to add to that, he's frozen. Are you happy with that, Stanley? Yeah, I was also, I was also going to say um, I, I might be forgetting this, but weren't their play styles quite different? Weren't their tactics quite different? Back to Simon. In in the past, in the past, they were. I mean, at Black at Blackton, he he was a little bit more direct, and he was good at using sort of wingers. As I say, I think what we mean by what we mean by style is it's the coaching of those sorts of academy players that we'd ended up. That we'd ended up bringing in, particularly at the time of Bill, you had people like Ethan Laird, who was from Manu, oh, Tyler, right. potentially Tyler Roberts, Willock, obviously the academy background, there the academy background and technical players. So again, it's just it's just one of those where I think for me, yes, there's other people about, but I could certainly see out of work, out of work, very quick appointment once Bill had gone. So yeah, I think the logic, yeah, the logic yeah. is there for him, but obviously it didn't work out. Steve, you're about to say something, and you decided to go frozen, which is yeah, fine. Sorry, that's the that's the Wi-Fi connection I warned you about earlier. Um, 
No, I just I was just gonna um add to that in the I I don't think he quite had the personality. That's just purely looking from the outside in. Um it was a really unique situation with Beale just upping and leaving and it needed someone to um really take command of that. Um and and also his his kind of comments after the Fleetwood game, I think almost he was almost signing his own death warrant with that. And whilst he wasn't wrong in what he was saying, revealing that, you know, everyone else in the championship thinks these players are awful and they're soft and, and all the rest of it. That that's a killer to do that publicly. Now, now I'm not one of these that says we should sugarcoat everything. I think Ainsworth took that too far, but um, I mean, I think you have to say Critchley went a little bit off on one there and um, it really didn't help matters. So um, yeah, but, but, you know, Simon said he, he had a really good record at Blackpool. He massively overachieved. And um, I can absolutely see why they went for him. The funny thing about that Fleetwood match, I remember, is how shell-shocked he looked on the bench. He literally, you know, I was looking at him, you know, Heckelanden was just having one of the worst games of football I've ever seen a professional footballer ever have. Um, to fact, fact, the ball went one way and he went the other way trying to hide from the ball. Um, so we kind of had that. He looked shell-shocked. And he clearly had lost the players. They obviously didn't have fear for them. And onto the bus he went. And that was it. And to me, I know we have had his faults. So I don't think he was helped. That's for sure. As I'm getting beaten up by my dog behind me with a slipper. Um, but yeah, I think the players, going back a wee bit before we move on, the players deserve some criticism for what's happened this season. Um, I don't think they should get away with it. Um, and then, you know, some of them need to look at themselves. A lot of them don't. Some of them do. It's as simple as that. And here we are yet again, relying on you know, teams be watching there's a few more results to go away and just watching like Watford play Wednesday and everything else and just hoping the three worst teams and you keep doing that, you are going to be one of them three worst teams and it's as simple as that and, you know, that that's just it. Now, brings me on nicely to predictions and talking about the game on Saturday. We're going to Blackburn. Now, we, as every QPR fan knows, have a terrific record at Blackburn. It's Unbelievably woeful, Simon. You're driving us up there, mate. Inspire. I am, mate. Um, the last time I was actually there, the last time we ended up winning at Blackburn. Um, yeah, I was a student at the time, and I had to do a Halloween. I had to do a Halloween session at a bar, so I dressed myself up as the Incredible Hulk for it. Ended up having a ended up having a bit of a late night and ending up having to sprint to get my train. Um, ended up trying to wash all of the paint off, and it wasn't until a mate of mine met me and pointed out to me that I hadn't actually got much of it off at all. So I actually went to Blackburn that day, dressed up with my face looking like the Incredible Hulk. Now, there was absolutely no hope that I'm going to do that in 2024. But, yeah, that was the last time. And, yeah, that game was a, that game was a decent match, and... It was a season where, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. Blackburn was were expected to go straight back up, and they en and ended up costing them Brian Kelly's job, Stuart Wardley, Kevin Gallen. It was a great, it was a great day all round. Do I think that's going to be replicated twenty five years later? Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, I know Blackburn have um, rated in the league somewhat. Yes, they beat a League Two side in in the FA Cup and looked half decent as a result, but. Yeah, you look at it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. Again, not knowing whether Cannon's back, knowing that Fields out suspended and wondering what we're doing there. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a difficult game. And look, ultimately we need to try and get at least something out of it to keep Blackburn down there, because as I say, they've lost about eight of their last ten in the um in the championship. But yeah, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a tough one. Fair enough. Steve, and then I'll come to you, Stanley. Well, again, it's one of these games where actually you go into it and think, we've got a chance of getting a result. Defensively, they're terrible. Um, but uh, And they've had a, you know, there's a few ins and outs there over the course of the transfer window as well. So um, I guess, you know, we could take advantage of a bit of, um, a bit of, you know, lack of, lack of being settled, all that kind of stuff. Um yeah, look, I, I, I think we can get a draw. 
I mean, I'll, I'll predict a draw, Paul, because that's about as optimistic as I can get about it. But um, it's uh, it's going to be a very, very tough game. Um, but they're not there. So it, it comes back to what we said about the championship. It's not, it's not you know the Premier League. It's not La, it's not La Liga or anything like that. Blackburn are a pretty average team. There's a bit of talk actually up there about whether the manager is going to stick around. Um, that's that's one of the big things. So again, might be able to take advantage of a bit of. Um, you know, as I say, uh, unsettlement. So, um, yeah, let's go for a draw, one all. Stanley, uh, I think we'll be a bit more desperate. Uh, I think we'll win two one as long as we, as long as Smith comes on early and uh, Sinclair Sinclair starts. I think we'll be fine. I think we'll win two one, but we'll we'll be more desperate. I think we'll defend better. We we defended quite well against Huddersfield actually. You could see how desperate they were to uh, not concede. So I think that happened again. Yeah, it, it you you can tell when when we're desperately trying to win a game, you can tell when a defense like you know that they attack every ball a lot better. I don't know, no, yeah. just how it is. But the trouble is, I mean, I mean, at, at what point do you stop saying must win game? When when do we start officially saying that? I mean, every game must win. Every gonna win this, gonna win that. But I would say that sadly, without a shadow of a doubt. Is a must not lose game. Just, just can't lose it. Um, I'll set up the draw. I think we'll probably get beat, but I'll set up the draw. But you never know. The new man come in, come on, decides he hasn't played for six months, run for the ball, fall over, hits it, and the arson goes in. I'll take that. Take I mean, anything. It, to be fair, it's, it seems incredible that he's actually going to play because I mean, he he can't be. I mean, he can't be anywhere near match fit. So mm. he wouldn't be. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird transfer. They can't, Steve. They can't be seriously going to bring him in and not play him. Surely, I mean, he's got to. He's got to play straight away. Surely, he'll he'll play. I mean, there's there's what seventy yeah. games to go. So I mean, it's it's there's plenty of time for him to play. It's just it just feels a bit incredible. That he'll play. I mean, we'll probably see him on the bench. I don't doubt. But um, yeah, it, it, it'll be an interesting one with him. Yeah. Well, this is true. Right, so did you do a prediction, Simon, or did you just try and avoid it? Basically, I alluded to the fact that um, my head, I think, will lose hearts if we get a draw out of it. We get out of Blackburn with a draw, which is usually better than what we usually get, and then we just try and go on to the next few games, which in Stoke, Bristol City and Norwich, Rotherham, without wishing to put pressure on them, is potentially games we can get points out of. So I'm sticking down for a 4-0 away win. Do, do whatever you want, mate. I'll take that. I'll take that. On board. Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's so disheartening, isn't it? Because we just, as a fan base, we just don't deserve another kick in the balls, do we? And, uh, you know, and we've talked about this at death week after week, week after week. There was some people think, oh, the league one's going to be the, the, the making of us. We can come back stronger. We can... I remember we said that and went to the flipping... When we got fell out of the, the premiership, I remember we said that and we fell out of the... Went down to division, all division three the last time. It's like, you know, with no money, we can rebuild, we can do this. The, the Phoenix will rise from the flames. That league's harder now. And it's a lot harder. And there's a lot... There's a lot... Of, seems to be a lot more money around football these days for some reason. I never thought I'd hear myself say it. And um, it's probably, you know, we fell out the, the, the premiership at the wrong time and money was just coming into it. And now money's coming into the championship. We're going to throw ourselves out of that one as well. Who knows? I mean, going back to the CEO, I know we joke about his age, but I don't, if someone's good enough for the job, they're good enough for the job, as far as I can say. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you know, he came and did an order and they decided he did such a good job, find out how rubbish we are. You take it on and see what you can do. I know people are saying that, that's fine, but... Got to get everyone deserves a chance at Rangers. We, 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 you know, we've got it. I mean, it's a you know, someone tweeted me during the week about Armstrong, and I'm like, he's still a kid, you know. I know twenties old, and you know, but he's probably another year ahead of where he should be, and he's played more games than he should have done. I just think we're all frustrated. We all want a hero. We all want to. We want someone to stick that ball on the back of that. And as each game slips by, it's just getting harder. And um, yeah, it's not fun times. I'm looking forward to the journey, Simon Sardi. What are we going to talk about? Oh, um, geopolitics. Oh, know. yeah. yeah. up, yeah. Good, 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 good show. Four hours on the way up to Blackburn. I think they will we'll cover it for next. 
it's just it is disappointing like isn't it i mean you know it would have been nice not to it's just what you said about those last four away games i'm just saying i think like, wow that's that would be the most QPR thing ever to just take it up to them four games and probably win three of them and stay up. But, you know, you, you're being, I don't know, I just, and I think that resembled the, the crowd on Saturday, Sunday, if I'm being honest. It was a kind of a, everyone was written to get into it, everyone was written to go into it and it just neither happened on the terraces or on the pitch. And I think that was just a, a frustrational crowd, wasn't it? Probably one of the most I've ever seen at Rangers, actually. Do you know what I mean, like, Steve? I, again, it might be in harsh. Sorry, Paul, I, I missed your question, actually. I do, do apologise. Don't worry about it. No one ever listens to me anyway, Steve. It out. Why should you be... We don't we don't edit the podcast because I don't freaking know how to. We've got to do it as live, mate. Oh, don't worry. Sam, and you heard... I was, I was you actually looking, I was actually looking at some of our uh, the fixtures that Simon was talking about again. So I was, yeah, just double-checking them. Sorry. On, and what do you think? All right, well, let's, let's work on that before we go on to the hour's end. You've looked at the fixtures. What's your thinking? Well, I mean, you know, within there, we've got Preston at home. Um, the Plymouth game is huge. Sheffield Wednesday at home. Um, Swansea away. Swansea are not very good. You know, yeah. it's uh, unlike us. There's there's fixtures there that we can um, that we can uh, well, if we want to put our best foot forward, there's there's uh, fixtures we can get results from. Um, yeah. That, that again, a bit more optimism. I was, do you know what? I was actually also just thinking about CEO. Sorry, I was, I was kind of going off on a bit of a thought tangent about the CEO. I, I, um, I want people at QPR who have a point to prove, who are motivated. He, he's got to be surely. I mean, this is a big, big step up for him, and um, you know, he's, he's presumably if there's anything about him, he, he's going to be motivated. So, um. Yeah, that's what we need. We don't want um, continued sort of malaise at the football club. Uh, we want people who are coming in and want to make a um, want to make a statement. And uh, I like it. I, I I think it's think it's different. It's it's risky, of course it is. But he's got a point to prove. Marty Sefuentes has a point to prove um, if he wants to make a career at the top end of management. Um, that's what we want. We just need a few mm. more players <laughs> who have a point to prove. Yeah, fair, fair point. Right. Oz and Simon, have you got well, one? Let's start with, with this, and no doubt people will jump in. Um, obviously, the tweet came out yesterday from Albert Adoma about, about I think we can probably guess who the player is who's um, yeah, not coming in, not coming in to work. Um well, he's still- like a question the cricketer. What's that? Is he's got the same surname as a West Indian cricketer, old West Indian cricketer? Yes. Ray Latitchards, I think his name is. Um, he um, and it's it's an interesting one because for all the I've been critical of the Doma, and there's no on on a, on a football level, and let's be honest, there's no way he could have had a two year contract. The fact that someone like him, he's like Chris Martin last year, is willing to come out and start to call out some of the things that are going on at QPRI. Yeah, whilst whilst you want to keep it in-house, it's actually quite nice that there are people there who are willing to pull out some of the some of the things that we've been we've been talking about before. And yeah, hopefully hopefully it's a little bit of a wake up call and hopefully there's other people there who are willing to pull out what we know have been the sort of like lagging standards in the club. So um, yes, it might not help team morale, but as far as I'm concerned, good on Adama for, for calling it out. Excellent. Steve, you're at our end. Um, yeah, I sort of touched on it at the beginning um, about the scarves. I think I think this, this thing about having a visible presence in the local area is so, so important. It was just it was just really nice coming through. Um I um I travel from Wood Lane to uh, Hammersmith on the on the tube, and uh, and then get a bus onto Putney. And um, it was just really good to see QPR colours everywhere in Hammersmith, um, and even back it, even in Putney. You know, I was getting the the bus down there, and we still had a handful um, walking across Putney Bridge. So we we do exist um, up there in Putney in enemy territory, but uh, it's um, it was it's just really good and. Um, more of that, please. 
I think more more of that kind of stuff. It's a really tough time with the football club. Um, little things like that, I think, make a bit of a difference. Stanley, have you got an Oz end? Well, not. I was just going to say, I'm really looking forward to seeing this new striker. I think he'll. I think he'll be all right. I think he'll keep us up. You know, I think we can actually start using Smith and Armstrong as proper wingers now, putting balls in the box. That's what I'm looking forward to. I think the amount of Smith is the best crosser I've ever seen uh, for us. I think. Uh, what? Well, well, who do you think? Who do you think? I would say best crosser I've seen in this squad probably was Adoma when he had legs. Um, no, I no, think, no. I, I think, I think Smith's problem is that to me he's more of a cut rim type of player, and he's been played as a winger and he's still adjusting to that type of game. When he played in the Irish League for the unwashed, um, he did. That was a rule that he had, kind of either a striker or cutting in, and he did quite well. So. He, Again, it's just someone finding a feet doing a different rule. Like, my dog will be finding out embarrassing in a few weeks if he's not careful. Carry on. No, he, he just doesn't he just lose the ball, Smith. I think he's a brilliant player. And, and I, I think, like that. Yeah, I just love him. Uh, also, Sheffield Wednesday are still drawing to Watford and they're dominating the game, so I think they'll get a late round in that. That's it. Do you know what, Stanley? Thank you for that. You were doing all right until the last bit. I, I'm, I'm not going to argue, but I, I, listen, I agree with Armstrong, Smith. I get accused of being embarrassed. What was the Irish? And not do with that. I couldn't care less if they come from Zimbabwe. It, it don't bother me as long as they do well for QPR. And I, I even want Dixon Bonner to work out because I think there's a player there. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people, some people give him a lot of criticism around me, but I quite, I think that we could work with him and do something with him. You can tell he's, he's had a good ground and we just need to have faith, but it's very hard for players to, to look good in this side and a struggling side of any equation, but especially when it doesn't make as many chances as we do and scores as few goals as we do. My hour's end is quite simple and it's quite short. I think the fans are great. I know this is a podcast done for the fans, by fans. I get that. I understand that, but Seeing another Soldat crowd home end again on Sunday is just incredible. You know, another shocking season, and they're coming back in the numbers. They're not getting the team's not getting abused in any way that I could hear anyway on Sunday. Maybe I'm deaf. I don't know. Never ruled that one out. Um, but everyone's just doing the best. Everyone's trying to do the bit, and it's just sad that they, you know it's just not happening. But hopefully it will. But one thing the club can't criticise is the support it's had this season. It's been absolutely outstanding and the away support's been damn good as well I'm not sure what's going to be like on on Saturday because of the train strike but you know can't fold it and also a little whinge I really hate Sky TV you know you're playing these must win games at these stupid times on Sunday it's just like sod off yeah that's my hours end covered stupidly right it's come to the end of the podcast it's do we feel a bit better? Do we, you know, do we feel a bit more grounded? Do we feel a bit more optimistic? Do we feel a bit more depressed? Stanley, I hope you don't think that we've tried to depress you too much. And I show your love of Paul Smith, by the way. I think he's been great since he's come back. And thank you, Stanley, for coming on the podcast and doing brilliantly, as always. Thank you. You're more than welcome. And um, I haven't seen your dad for a while, but tell him when I do see him, he... Um, I'm going to stop texting him during the games. I think I'm doing okay. his head on. Because I can see him. The thing is, I can see his dad in the colour of my eye. And yeah. I can see his facial expression. So I'm texting him going, yeah, I thought the same as you. Steve, brilliant. Thank you for coming on the podcast again. And we'll get you on more often. How's the kids? Because you're looking tired, mate. You look like you've had oh, a few yeah. stumps. Yeah, he, uh, no, he's doing okay. Yeah, I mean, um, it's January. So there's a lot of being sent home from nursery. Uh which suddenly means having to change working arrangements and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's... You get all the germs at that age as well, don't you, Steve? You get every germ under the sun. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I was I was warned about this by several people, but it's... Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a long month. So, yeah. The only person it's, gets more germs... Better weather. The only person gets more germs than you is Simon, because he actually works at school. He gets everything. But you're a secondary, aren't you, Simon? I'm secondary, so it's just as yeah, it's just as bad to be honest. Yeah. And um I suppose I'll see you Saturday morning, mate. Nice and bright eyed. Well if you want to lift up there, yes you will. So yeah, we'll see you. Yeah, we'll see you nice and we'll see you nice and early.
And thank you. Well, Simon, you, you, I don't even thank you, part of the crew, but uh, good to see you, mate. Good to see you back on the board. And yeah. you survived the Christmas party after the Millwall game or during the Millwall game, which I'm pleased. Or the kids' party, sorry. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, they, yeah, Ted enjoyed it. Um, just a little shout out for him. Um, yeah, 14 games, two draws, 12 defeats. That that was the first time he'd seen us get a point since um, Bristol City. Wow. Did he remind you of that then? Or just, just for the... No, no, I just keep working it. I, I just keep working it out because he's now at a stage of bursting into tears when we concede and basically he's sitting there nervously waiting for other teams to score. It's not a nice thing for a six-year-old to have to do that. It's not a nice thing for somebody to do 60 minutes, let me assure you that one. I've got to also give a shout-out to Philip Cross because he, he, he's family, he lives in Dungannon, and he's always saying, you never mention me in the podcast. There you go, Philip, and get your friggin' uncle, Stephen, to friggin' listen to it once in a while as well. Right, this has been Open All Ours. Hopefully, we'll be back next week after a Rangers away win in that lovely, lucky hunting ground called Ewood Park. Thank you for listening, and see you all again next week. Bye.